All things begin and end with God. It's as simple as that. So who can know more than him? And just as important, since he is the one that will dictate what happens with the person in eternity, would it not make sense to follow his advice since he is going to measure you and what you do based on his standard? Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about bad decisions. Whether we want to accept it or not, everything that we do may have consequences here and now, but most certainly in eternity. Every action bears a cost, and just because things turn out okay in our eyes do not make them right, nor does that take away the potential ramifications. We need to bear in mind also that our decisions impact everything and everyone around us. And God will keep us accountable for everything we do here and now, and our decisions will come to the light of His judgment in the future. Today's message is inspired on 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 24 to 46. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and praise be to you. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Father, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. For you are worthy to be praised and worthy to be exalted, Lord God. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and I give you thanks for the forgiveness that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your continued forgiveness. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may please always remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Remember, O Lord, that we are less than nothing, Lord God, and that we need your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us to understand that we need to seek you for our direction, for our guidance, Lord God. Help us to understand that we need your wisdom, your light, Lord God, to be able to make right decisions. Decisions that are not only good for here and now, but most importantly, for eternity. Help us, O Lord, to understand that everything may impact our eternity. Heavenly Father, to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. Guide us through your Holy Spirit, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 24 to 46. This is the word of the Lord. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Curse is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of the land came to a forest, and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was the honey dripping, but no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father's charge the people with the oath. Therefore he stretched out the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it in a honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his countenance brightened. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Curse is the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. Look now how my countenance has brightened because I tasted a little of his honey. How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found. For now would there not have been a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? 
Now, they had driven back the Philistines that day from Michmash to Agilon. So the people were very faint. And the people rushed on the spoil and took sheep, oxen, and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, Look, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. So he said, You have dealt treacherously. Roll a large stone to me this day. Then Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Bring me here every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat. And do not sin against the Lord by eating with blood. So every one of the people brought his ox with him that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he built to the Lord. Now Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light. And let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatever seems good to you. Then the priest said, Let us draw near to God here. So Saul asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him that day. And Saul said, Come over here, all you chiefs of the people, and know and see what this sin was today. For as the Lord lives who saves Israel, though it be in Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But not a man among all the people answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You be on one side, and my son Jonathan and I will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, Do what seems good to you. Therefore Saul said to the Lord God of Israel, Give a perfect lot. So Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. And Saul said, Cast lots between my son Jonathan and me. So Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him and said, I only tasted a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand, so now I must die. Saul answered, God do so and more also, for you shall surely die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die who has accomplished this great deliverance in Israel? Certainly not. As the Lord lives, not one hair of his head shall fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan and he did not die. Then Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. One of the things we can glean from this passage is that we need to be careful with our decisions. King Saul was a person that certainly did not think things through. He was not a wise person, and his lack of seeking the Lord and just reacting to things or deciding hastily brought about his own demise. Saul had a terrible end because of his bad decision-making. Not thinking things through can become a big problem in a person's life, and if it becomes a habit, it can bring all kinds of destruction, including an early end without any kind of reward. And if a person is not careful, they can lose their own soul in the process. In this passage, for instance, Saul had placed the people under oath that no one should eat until they had dealt with the Philistines conclusively. He was so focused on his problem with the Philistines and that he wanted the problem solved so quickly that he didn't think rationally about how to actually do it. And he thought that starving the army would make his soldiers act desperately to make things happen quickly. He ultimately used hunger as a motivator to get the results he wanted. But did that even make sense? Was it wise to starve his own soldiers to make them fight harder? And as we saw in the passage, it was a foolish decision. It just did not make any sense. 
Saul didn't think things through. His impatience and lack of rational thought caused him a lot of problems, and he didn't get what he wanted in the end. Instead, he troubled his troops and risked the life of his own son in the process. You see, and I know we have mentioned this many times, every decision bears consequences. Everything we do has a price, if you will. If we make wise decisions, those will be beneficial and have good outcomes. But if a person makes bad decisions, do you think anything good will come from them? Did Saul get what he wanted? He did not. He just made life harder for himself and for everyone around him. Quite frankly, it was a stupid decision. No one can win a battle by starving their own troops. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So what is the first practical thing we can do to ensure that we make wise decisions? I would submit to you that time is something vital. Give yourself some time to decide what you need to do. It's not good to just react to things or to be instinctive. Before making a decision, spend some time contemplating the situation, weighing the pros and cons. Try to look at it from different angles. Give yourself the opportunity to think things through. Meditate on the circumstance. That would be the very first thing I would suggest. Secondly, I would suggest to consider the cost, if you will, if you make a wrong decision. There is a price to everything. I would be more than sure that if a person thought about what they would lose or what hardship they would bring upon themselves if they made a certain decision, they would think more than twice before actually doing it. The Lord himself taught us to count the cost before making a decision. In Luke chapter 14, it says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Third, I would suggest considering all options while thinking about what to do. Almost everything has multiple options. Think about the different things that can be done and what is the option that doesn't just resolve things here and now, but in time. You should contemplate how certain action will affect you in the short term, but more importantly, in the long term. Making a patch or rush decision, if you will, by doing something that just resolves a problem at the moment is not always the best decision. Sometimes momentary solutions can make the problem larger in time. And fourth, but probably the most important, is seek advice. I think it would be wise to seek advice from someone that is not necessarily involved with the issue directly, someone that can see things more clearly and not be affected by the outcome. We should be very practical and objective in this, of the fact that we don't know everything. We are limited in every kind of way, whether we want to accept that or not. We need to understand that human control is an illusion. We think we have some control, but are we truly in control of things? Think about all the things that are completely out of your control, even your own abilities. We take much for granted things that we do not have any control over. And we think that because certain things seem to go our way, 
that we made those things happen, which in reality, we did not really make them happen. Tell me something. What if you got up one morning and you had a list of things to do and you got up with the complete intention to accomplish those things and you couldn't get up that morning? What if you got sick? What if you got a bad cold or something that really hurt to move or you felt noxious or you had a fever? What then? Would you be able to do what you intended to do? What about this? What if you didn't have a health limitation and you had your breakfast and so on and you are running out the door and you got in your car and lo and behold, you have a flat tire or your car won't start or worse, you drive just a few minutes and you get involved with a car accident that wasn't even your fault. How about that? What if it wasn't just a simple fender bender and you got injured badly in the accident and needed an ambulance to take you to the hospital? Am I being pessimistic? No. I'm just trying to point out just a very few things that are examples of things that can happen that are completely out of our control. And of course, there are so many other things that can go wrong that we could list that can interfere with what we want and or need to do. These are just a few examples of the limitations we have. And the truth is that we don't even know what will happen with us in the next five minutes, despite our best intentions and our planning. Who can know what can or cannot happen? There's only one, God. No one knows more than the Lord, not even the most educated or the savviest or the most experienced. No one is smarter than God and knows more about the things that can happen in the immediate future and more importantly, in the distant future. And this is what I would submit to you, for you to consider in your decision-making as you take time to think about what needs to happen, as you consider the cost, as you consider options. In Proverbs chapter three, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God has not only been around since the beginning, he is the beginning. The Lord himself said this, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. All things begin and end with God. It's as simple as that. So who can know more than him? And just as important, since he is the one that will dictate what happens with the person in eternity, would it not make sense to follow his advice since he is going to measure you and what you do based on his standard? You see, you can achieve all kinds of things here and now and maybe get most of what you want, but then what? What if you did nothing for your own soul? What then? The word of God says this in Matthew chapter 16, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. If this doesn't paint a very clear picture for us, I don't know what will. It should make more than enough sense to us to understand that we should make decisions that benefit our soul, our eternity, and that we need to make decisions that align with the Lord because he is the one that will judge us according to what we have done during this lifetime and reward us accordingly. The Apostle Paul wrote this for us believers to consider in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. 
And so having said all of this, how should Saul have conducted himself? Saul should have given himself some time to think and meditate on how to deal with his enemies. He should have considered the cost and weighed the options. He should have asked for advice. And most importantly, as he did those things, he should have consulted the Lord and asked him for his counsel. He should have not gone by his own opinion, but rather he should have gone by whatever the Lord would have told him to do. After all, if we look at history, Saul was not made king because of his own accomplishments. The people didn't make him king either. God was the one who allowed for Saul to be chosen to be king. So God gave him the opportunity to be king. So at the very least, if God put him there as king, the least he could have done in gratefulness is to seek his guidance. So what does this tell us? We should look for the Lord, for his wisdom, for his guidance to do his will. Why? He made and created us. He has allowed for every single person to exist. On him continues to rest our daily survival. If we breathe and our hearts beat, it's because God allows it. If we see the light of a new day, it's because God wills it. If we have abilities, it's because God has allowed for us to have whatever abilities we have. If we have the opportunity for eternal life and eternal reward, it is because God through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, made a way for us through the cross by grace so that we can be saved and come back to the original purpose of our existence. We owe everything to the Lord and we can have eternal life because of what the Lord has done for us. So it should only be common sense to understand that we should look to do his will, which in turn will benefit us and those that surround us eternally. This is a last thing we can take away from all of this. When we make decisions, good or bad, our lives don't happen in a vacuum, if you will. We affect everything and everyone around us. Saul affected his family, his army, and ultimately the whole country with his bad decisions. Rather than being a blessing to his nation, he hurt Israel and everyone in it as a consequence to his bad decision-making. We, in turn, have a similar effect. Our good or bad decisions affect our friends and family, our neighbors, our coworkers, you name it. Nothing that we do occurs in a vacuum. And so I would urge you for your own good and for the good of those that surround you, wherever you are, to not make decisions hastily and least of all, without consulting the Lord God Almighty. Look to Jesus Christ for your salvation and for your daily guidance so you can ultimately benefit yourself and be a positive influence to the world in darkness that needs God's light so desperately. Jesus said we need to be the light of the world. So let's be the light we can be through him so others may also find God's light. If we understand reality itself, and of course what the word of God teaches, we should be able to understand that we do not have the luxury of making bad decisions. Everything that we do has consequences and our actions affect things here and now and they will be brought to the light in God's judgment. I think most people don't like the idea that there is a judgment in the end. Even many so-called believers have tried to do away with the reality that there is a judgment and that we will all give an account before the Lord, both saved and unbelieving people. Every single person will need to give an account before the Lord God Almighty. Now some might say, how will he determine the weight of things? 
You might say, if I am a believer, John, how will God weigh my actions? And the answer is throughout the pages of the Bible. The first thing we should consider is that we cannot think about His judgment in our terms, like if there is a point system or something like that. That's not the way it works. We always need to remember that God's thoughts are exponentially superior to ours, and the way He views things are completely different to how we see them. For it is written, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what we should keep in mind is all of the places in Scripture that we are told that we need to do His will in order to enter His kingdom. So a very small amount of common sense would tell us that we should look to do His will as much as possible and not pick and choose what we want to do. For it is also written, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Ecclesiastes also says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And finally, Galatians chapter 6 says this as well, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So what is the good we can do? The only good that exists is the will of the Lord. And so our decisions, if we truly want to do what is good and right, should be based on whatever the Lord tells us to do or not to do. This is the last thought I submit to you for your consideration. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings. So it should be perfectly clear that we should not trust in ourselves and least of all, trust what our heart tells us to do. But rather, we should trust in the Lord with everything we are because in the end, he will hold us accountable for all our actions, for all of our decisions, and he will use his standard to weigh our actions. Our only option is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, hallowed and glorified be your name. Help us, O Lord, to be mindful of who you are and that we should seek you with all of our heart. Help us to understand the value that you have, the things that you know, the knowledge that you possess, the power that is within your hands. Help us, O Lord, to be able to consider those things, Lord God, as we live this life, as we make decisions, Heavenly Father, help us to 
understand and always be mindful that there is a judgment for each of us and that every single person will stand before your throne and will need to give an account. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to lead responsible lives, that we are responsible for our actions, that we are also responsible for what happens with other people. Help us, O oh God, to understand what you have done for us, your love, your grace, and your mercy, and help us to value that, to cherish it, Lord God, and to live for you. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.